it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And buckle up, Buttercup, because here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not waging racist attacks against South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. That's not right. Yo, the Democrats and their allies in the liberal media going all in on Scott for endorsing Trump. Why? Because Biden happens to be losing a lot of support with minority voters. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Really ugly stuff on a Thursday. I'm in a great mood. Chip Roy is coming by from the great state of Texas. Uh, We're also bringing on my son Lincoln uh, to get caught up on some playground politics. Uh, Some of you might point out that Lincoln normally appears on Fridays when he graces us with his presence. Uh, But George from Queens has midterms this week, and today his tests were in the morning, so he will be free in the afternoon. And we will close the show uh, by spending 15, 20 minutes with my dirtbag son. Shut your mouth. Uh, You, of course, uh, the opening act for all of this, uh, 888-788. Nine nine one zero. That's a phone number on the program, a program with one rule. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a boom. There it is. Happy Thursday. Uh, If you didn't pre-order my book, foxnewsbooks.com, you will be helping me when it comes to book sales. It's selling a million copies once it comes out is helpful, but pre-orders actually have the biggest impact on the bestseller list. And everyone here at Fox thinks it would be really funny if little old me, Jimmy Fallon, with a community college degree, <laughs> I majored in Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it would be really funny if they saw my name on the bestseller list with all those pretentious authors. So if you could help a brother out, uh, I would appreciate it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Okay. Well, I am not digging the way they're treating my man, Tim Scott. Now, as you know, I have an affinity for Tim Scott. He started coming on this show uh, in the summer of 2020 when the left was burning down black-owned businesses in Minneapolis in the name of equality. That's what was going on. No, we got to burn them down. It's, you know. well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But that's what they were doing. And if you remember, Kamala Harris tweeted a link that's still up to this day encouraging people to bail out the violent rioters. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! And Tim Scott, who had no need to be doing media in that moment, he wasn't running for anything, we weren't in the full swing of the campaign yet, hadn't even had the conventions, he wasn't on as a surrogate for Trump, he was just Tim Scott. And he wanted to come forward during all of that unrest the race stirring up so much racial division. We can get into how they grossly distorted events to get people mad about Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Never forget that. When Jacob Blake, his, if you remember this, uh, mother of his child had an order of protection against him. He showed up with a knife, abducted their child, sexually assaulted her in front of the child. The cops respond to this scene. They get into a violent altercation with Blake wind up shooting him. He does not die, but we are told, okay, 
we are told that the only thing that motivated the cops in that moment was his race. I mean, you can't handle the truth. They know the truth. It's not that they can't handle it. It's that the truth wasn't helpful. If they just said this is a violent criminal, he was assaulting a black woman, by the way, at knife point in front of the black child he had abducted. So when you were having a substantive conversation here, clearly there were other motivating factors beyond race and this idea that there are races that the cops would tolerate that from. Well, you know, we showed up to the scene, Sarge. There was an Asian guy abducting a child at knife point and sexually assaulting the mom, and then he fought the cops. But, yeah, we let him go as an Asian guy. Guys, there's no world, okay, where the cops who are doing the most dangerous and vital job in our society, okay, have the luxury of anything other than making the correct decision, okay, in millions of a second, okay, the people who pass judgment on the cops are doing so millions of miles removed from the adrenaline in that situation, from the life or death consequences. You're watching the video on your phone as you sit on a neoclassical position on the couch and pass judgment on whether or not this cop should stay out of jail or not. What the hell is the world coming to? It's stupid, but the point is, in the midst of all of that societal unrest, when cities were literally being burnt down, Seattle had started a pretend country named chop do you remember that Chaz or chop in seattle that's what they actually called the thing that was absolutely dreadful and then what happened they had to break it up because with no police people wound up getting killed oh wow gee if only there was somebody they could call all of you ktth listeners out in seattle shout out to you guys i'll see you in federal way april 5th But they know firsthand what a war was waged on the police, both a rhetorical one and a physical one and a financial one. And police stations got lit on fire. Imagine that. okay? but in the midst of all of that unrest where the Democrats couldn't weaponize race fast enough to undermine the cops and stoke up this, you know, anti-American sentiment. You don't understand. We're systemically racist. You can't vote for that Trump guy. Yeah, Trump guy, you know, America's systemically racist. It has been the past 240-some-odd years. So we've got to get the guy out of the government that's been a part of it for three years. He's got to go. you got to replace him with a guy who's been in the government for 50 years. Okay, you know the guy who eulogized the Klansmen in the 70s? The guy who fought against integrated school busing, Joe Biden? He's the guy that's going to heal the racial divide. You don't understand. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And that's what Joe Biden did. He surfed on the wave of anti-American, trumped-up racism. Okay, charges. And in the midst of all of that, where they were literally like talking about canceling Abraham Lincoln out in San Francisco, they took Aunt Jemima off a syrup bottle. Schools are failing, crimes through the roof. I've got it. No more racist pancakes. Never mind that Aunt Jemima's family, black family, uh, was receiving royalties for 100 years. She lost all of those royalties because a bunch of woke college kids decided it was racist. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did Mrs. Butterworth. And that's how they did Uncle Ben. But understand, at the midst of all of that societal unrest, when it was trendy to call us racist, when it was easy for any black person, okay, some who genuinely probably had a different experience than I did and felt like they had been mistreated at times in their lives, this was a moment to speak up, okay? And everyone had a choice to make. Tim Scott's choice was to remind everybody burning down the country that although it wasn't going to help him politically to say so, 
He was a symbol of all the progress we had made. He was the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. His grandfather was forced out of school to pick cotton. And he famously said at the time, my family went from cotton to Congress in one generation. Okay, that being his grandfather to him. Okay, and he actually won as a congressman in Strom Thurmond's own old district, you know, where the Dixiecrats were. Okay, and he spoke to the evolution of the Southern heart and how we had made so much societal progress on race and the fact that he went from the House to the Senate and at the time was certainly somebody uh, whose name was going to be relevant in future presidential elections, not the next one, but that's where he stood at the time. Okay, he wanted to remind people that as mad as people are, as the guy who was the byproduct of a upbringing in a real racist version of the South, we weren't there anymore. And this was all a fraud. And for his courage in saying so, like I just became a, a fan of this man personally for life. Like I've run into Trey Gowdy here at Fox and he was like, oh, no, Tim Scott's too nice for politics. He's too decent of a man for politics. And then I met him. And I never forget, there was a Friday. He's on the show. I'm like, what are you doing tomorrow? Going out? You hitting the bars in D.C.? You got any groupies from the lobbyist? You know what I'm saying? You going to shag a couple of donor chicks? I love it when you talk dirty. No. He's like, no, every Saturday I fly home and take my 96-year-old mother to the movies. And that's who Tim Scott is. Do you understand? He is a man of the highest character. But because he is endorsing Donald Trump, and the left is really horrified because they can't win elections without black voters... They're now going all in. Okay, here is Sonny Hostin, okay, on The View, making a movie analogy, if you know the movie, about Tim Scott being in the sunken place. He's beyond his race now. He has no self-worth if he's endorsing Trump. Here it is, clip three. I'd like to just talk about Tim Scott for a moment. Why? And how, <laughs> and how uncomfortable he looked behind Donald Trump and the cringeworthy moment. Back. He is up his... Um, body um but he's in the sunken place okay i mean that's just the bottom line for 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 tim scott what's so fascinating is you know he's running for vice president he endorses trump on a friday and then gets engaged on a saturday and announces his engagement on a sunday because it's like pick me i'm getting married this year and no other vice president has been unmarried right and has been successful so It just screams, I want to be your vice president. I love you. That was embarrassing. First of all, oh, no, you know, he's only getting married because no vice president, you know, conventional. Guys, I don't know if you know who Donald Trump is, but he's not the most conventional presidential candidate in the world. I think he's got a point. (laughs) The guy's been married three times. His wife was a naked Supermodel. Hubba, hubba. Okay. He was a reality TV star. He was a billionaire playboy. Okay. He is not selling the American people a conventional version of the presidency. But the idea that Tim Scott went out and got engaged on it, because apparently, I guess, I don't know, no one gets engaged on a Sunday. Is there a correct day? Does the weatherman forecast that? But getting past it, what they're really saying on The View, Sonny Hostin, okay, and the audience of people who negatively reacted to Tim Scott is if you were to subtitle that, it's they're really scared. Black voters are fleeing the Democratic Party. And somebody like Tim Scott, who has a lot of influence in the black community, no different than, you know, prominent rappers like Meek Mill that are speaking out, like Ice Cube that are speaking out and saying, hey, the Democratic Party's been screwing black voters forever. We vote for you forever. Don't ever forget in the summer of 2020, in every city that got lit on fire, the Democrats quoted Martin Luther King. Okay, and they said, what? A riot is the language of the unheard. 
but they never once stopped to consider if these cities were run by Democrats for the past 50 years, then why was it these people felt so unheard? You understand? Why did they feel so unheard? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. No, you don't have to be a genius to see through this. It's just all total bullshit. That's all. Oh, no, the riots, the language of the unheard. America hasn't been listening to these people, said the elected officials who ruled their lives the past 50 years. Do you not see the fraud here? But black people are turning on the Democratic Party because at a time when inner city schools are failing and crime rates are skyrocketing, the Democrats just let 8 million people into the country who are now placing additional strain on the school systems and the communities and the infrastructure and the housing that might otherwise go to the American citizens who need it. Okay, people are disgusted with the Biden administration's dripping disdain for the average American. Never mind all the race baiting when he got into office and infantilized the black community by saying asking them to show a government ID was worse than Jim Crow because they're not capable of getting one in the year 2023. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. But when you start to hear them say, oh, this is bad about his race. He's an Uncle Tim. He just wants the vice presidency. Okay, now again. If there were no achievements to speak of on behalf of a Trump administration, on behalf of the Republican Party, I might actually be like, yeah, no, I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Guy wants to be VP and there's nothing in it for his community. He's in it for himself. Except, except, dun, dun, dun. Tim Scott and Donald Trump wrote $75 billion worth of opportunity zones for low-income black communities. Does that sound like a setup that doesn't care about the black community? (laughs) Tim Scott and Donald Trump wrote the First Step Prison Reform Act, which fleed over a quarter of a million nonviolent black drug offenders who were sentenced over the overzealous sentencing guidelines of what was known as the Joe Biden crime bill. Okay, Tim Scott and Donald Trump, through the Trump tax cuts, made single black mothers the single highest accelerator of household income. And oh, by the way, presided pre-pandemic over the lowest black unemployment rate in recorded history. So you might say Donald Trump's rhetoric is an ideal. But if you're Tim Scott, if you've witnessed the racial progress we've made from when his grandfather was forced out of school to pick cotton to him being bandied about as a vice presidential nominee, you know, years removed from having a black president who served two terms and didn't even know what he was doing. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. The point is, Tim Scott is here on behalf of progress. He's not here on behalf of perfection. Okay, doesn't mean I think Donald Trump's a racist and he's going along for the ride because Trump clearly isn't. If you look at his relationship with the black community and his history of um, producing for them as president. Okay, but you understand there's a real concerted effort being made to configure this race for the White House as a referendum on pretend racism in this country because the black vote is going to decide this election. Okay, and if the black vote is determined on who actually delivered for the black community, the Democrats don't have a chance. So if Tim Scott thinks he's getting called a lot of racist names now, wait till he sees what it looks like this fall. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. 
It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you were building a time capsule of a-holes, you know, like you build a time capsule, they're going to bury it for future generations. If you were building a time capsule of a-holes, okay, you would have so many media clips from Joe Scarborough in that time capsule. Tell him like it is. And again, Joe Scarborough, really quick, he hates himself. He used to be best friends with Trump. Trump was on his MSNBC show all the time. When Trump blew him off, these guys have super egos. They work in media. It killed him that Trump was more relevant than he was. And Scarborough went from a pretend Republican to a, just a full-blown liberal. He didn't even keep up the pretend charade anymore and just talks and analyzes Trump through the lens of a girl who was dumped by a guy she can't get over. So here's Scarborough talking about Tim Scott. Again, they're losing the black vote. They're horrified. The only way that they can, in their minds anyway, reclaw some standing is to just denigrate the prominent black Americans speaking out in support of Trump. Here it is, clip five. And my God, who is Tim Scott? Uh, who is Tim Scott? Yeah, that's just... The guy that Nikki Haley appointed to the Senate. He, he's, he's supporting a guy right now who defended Nazis in Charlottesville. He's defending a guy... That, that that supports the replacement theory, defending a guy and supporting a guy happily, happily. It's easily the most racist uh, president in our lifetime. Guys, Joe Biden eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Robert Byrd, look it up. Robert Byrd. Joe Biden famously got called out by Kamala Harris for fighting integrated school busing in the 70s. You want to tell me Trump's the racist? My God. But the biggest lie of all is he says Trump didn't condemn Nazis in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Wait, get out of here. It's almost like... Joe Scarborough was lying or something. Oh, my goodness gracious. But that's all they've got left is fake racism. Bingo, man. Bingo. (laughs) 
It is Fox Across America. They are playing the Ken song from the Barbie movie, and I'll be honest. That was absolutely dreadful. Really rough. If this is American Idol, that is a no from me, dog. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're playing the Barbie song. Why? It's a lot of fraudulent, you know, divisive identity politics plays being run in our society right now. Maybe my favorite one in the world is that the Oscar nominations came down. And everybody on the left is losing it because Ryan Gosling got a nomination in Barbie. But the lead actress, Margot Robbie, okay, did not. And now women are really upset about that. (laughs) And I don't mean most women. I think most women know better. But because Barbie was just an all-out two-hour assault on the patriarchy, guys are bad. Am I right? Guys are bad. When are we going to get ahead? And that's a lot of what Barbie... And that's, listen, it's a, it's a movie about girl toys. Let it be whatever the hell it wants. I don't care. It's the Barbie movie. I don't expect the Barbie movie to come in and be the man show. Chicks jumping on trampolines, although I wouldn't mind watching it. Okay, but the point is, they're trying to repurpose the Oscar nominations as some sort of source of bias and division. And, of course, Ryan Gosling apologized immediately for receiving a nomination even though the girls didn't. Of course, we shouldn't be surprised about that. Anyone who's played with Barbies knows Ken has no balls. hey oh, Jimmy. But understand, okay, Hillary Clinton, the people's pantsuit, also jumping in to say this is an injustice. This is not okay. Except it is. So Hillary's tweet, and I'll read it to you. And this is so fascinating to me. Oh, I love this. So she's basically trying to glom some relevance off the outrage, which is what people do on Twitter. Like if you're a big-name celebrity like a Hillary Clinton, you have a team of people. You don't tweet yourself. You have like 30 or 40 people that study the trends in the news that day, and they're like, what can we tie to your bio to get you some clicks? That's how the world works now, guys. I work in TV. Um, I, uh, as a Saturday night host... Uh, I'm I'm watching everything that's going on as we program the week going forward. You want to know what's relevant, what people care about, Uh, what they tell you here at Fox. For real, if you really wanted me to tell you something, I'm not allowed to tell you on the air. Okay, our political party is America. You know, we often get mistaken for like, oh, they're just in the tank for Republicans. Wrong. Do you know how many times Trump hits Fox because he didn't like a position we took because we disagreed with the guy? But we have to. We have to call balls and strikes because we're just, you know. We're, you know, the opinion hosts are giving you their opinion. The news hosts are giving you the facts. Okay. And sometimes the opinions don't overlap with Trump's agenda. Sometimes the facts don't align with a particular, you know, thing he stated. And that's our job is to call it out. Okay. We obviously think, you know, to a person, he's an exponentially better president than Joe Biden is. I agree with that. But at the end of the day, of course, the party is America. But what we prioritize at Fox, the reason we're on the road so much. Okay, Kilmeade's always doing events. I'm doing events. Gutfeld goes on the road. Everybody goes on the road. Okay, Lawrence Jones is in a diner just about every day. I'd love that job, but they wouldn't let me have it because I'd be too fat on the air. You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're a fat f- Look at you. But understand, okay, Fox News is about real things happening to real people. And the reason people watch us is because they feel represented in our programming. 
they realized the people on TV would meet them in the mall randomly, shake their hands, take two selfies, and get to know them for two seconds, you know, before we had to go wherever the hell we were going. But the point is, we want to meet you. We want to know you. We operate at your level because here's a newsflash. We are very much from your level, okay? The people who run this place started in the mailroom, okay? Their parents were trade workers. They weren't, you know, born into some type of spectacular prosperity, Okay, that's who we are. And the reason I say that is because when we cover a story like the Barbie story, we understand that a movie about girl toys is silly. It's escapism. It's for little girls. They're going to go to the theater. They played with Barbies. They like Barbies. Okay, there's going to be some shtick about Ken and the patriarchy and Barbie because that's kind of the hook of the whole thing is that Ken is irrelevant. Barbie's the star, and it kind of reversed the roles. Don't forget, the Barbie doll is a half a century old. It came out in a different time in America. So I'm fine with Barbie. The reason we're covering this backlash against Ryan Gosling, okay, is not because it matters. It's because if you're a regular person working a regular job, the Barbie movie absolutely positively doesn't matter. He knows what he's talking about. It matters as something to do on a Saturday. Okay, but there's no world where anyone should give a flying <laughs> over who gets a trophy for being in the Barbie movie. Guys, Margot Robbie made $50 million to pretend she was a plastic doll. Okay, the idea that people should care whether that $50 million came with a trophy or not, okay, is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You are correct, sir. Some guy's holding a jackhammer right now for the fourth hour of 12, okay, and all he'll have to show for it is tendinitis and a pill addiction. Do you really think we should, oh, I don't listen, pal. I know you're roughed up. You're now turning tricks behind the bowling alley so you can score some more pills. But more importantly, there's a woman who worked four days last year and made $50 million. And I'll be damned if anyone is going to rest until she gets her hands on a trophy for that work. I mean, dude, seriously. (laughs) So when Hillary Clinton chimes in, it really speaks to just how spectacularly out of touch she is with the American people. This is why she was a bad candidate, because she thinks there's a world where people are going to hear this and be like, yeah, where's the justice for the woman making $50 million to pretend she's a doll? You know, my kid can't get an education. We got mugged on the way to the store the other day. But I mean, man, wouldn't have felt any of that. Wouldn't have felt a minute of it. Sure, my kid can't read the credits in the Barbie movie. But if we knew the woman who made $50 million for being in it got a pretend trophy to stick on a shelf that she'd look at twice for the rest of her life, we'd feel a lot better about the mugging and the fact that none of the kids are learning anymore in schools. I love the poorly educated. But do you get how outrage culture has broken society's compass? Because things like this do trend on social media. People do jump in and they go, oh, the patriarchy. Oh, Ryan Gosling got a nomination. Margot Robbie didn't get a... You know who should have got a nomination? The dad. Who took his daughter to see Barbie because he's a good dad and she loves Barbie. And he was willing to suck it up 
and get told men were the devil for two hours while he checked sports scores on his phone. That's the guy who deserves the Oscar. That's the guy who deserves the reward. Tell him like it is. Okay, I don't, Ryan Gosling wants to pretend troll. I don't care. Okay, the Oscars don't matter. The Patriot Awards matter. When Fox gives out trophies to firemen and cops and first responders and medics and military men, border patrol, people who save lives, people who take bullets. I'll never forget two years ago, the Florida cop where there was a marathon on a bridge. Do you guys remember this video? It's really horrifying. It's a marathon on a bridge and some lunatic got onto the course and was driving at 80 miles an hour towards the marathon runners, going to run people down, mass casualty event. Female cop took her police cruiser and drove in front of the guy at the last second, causing a collision that spared the joggers, could have killed her instantly. She lived. We honored her with a Patriot Award. Everybody in the room cried within an inch of their life watching the video, recounting the horrors and the sacrifice. That's what police sign up for. That's what firemen sign up for. That's what people who put on military uniforms sign up for. The bad stuff that could end your life in a second that you aren't being asked to do. Okay, the fact, these are volunteer gigs. Okay, and these are gigs that don't get shown enough appreciation. But the fact that we're supposed to stop what we're doing and pretend for a second that who gets a Barbie trophy has any relevance whatsoever. Okay, again, the Patriot Awards matter. It's the Oscars for people who deserve to be celebrated. Okay, 90% of the people who win Oscars are closeted gay men with eating disorders who are getting paid tens of millions of dollars to play pretend. Congratulations, you got a hell of a life there on your hands. But if you really think there's an injustice over who gets the Oscar nominations, you don't need a trophy. You need a mirror. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. This is a peppy Thursday show. Chip Roy is coming by from the great state of Texas. Lincoln Fallon is going to be here as well. He has to talk me out of booking Jenny on the Saturday night TV show this week. And I want to have Jenny fail on. Jenny's like my favorite guest anywhere. She's a great, you know, a really great conversationalist. And, and uh, you know, we there's a couple of topics in the news that are good for her. And uh, I think this is the week we bust out. that We play the Jenny Fela card. We'll see. I mean, you also got to get her agent on the phone and get him to agree. And then, you know, she's going to want all kinds of sexual favors and, you know, return for being on the show. What the hell did you just say? I'm kidding. Jenny's a good girl. I just like to get a little rowdy. It's Thursday. I'm caffeinated. I don't get out a lot. Uh, I'm a married man. But dig this. You know how I always tell you things I'm not supposed to tell you? Ooh, we are working on a July stand-up gig in my favorite state in the world, Colorado. A lot of you guys don't know this. Uh, but I uh, went on maybe my best vacation of my life with Jenny and Lincoln in Colorado. We were in Glenwood Springs. We went to the amusement park on top of the mountain. Uh, we went everywhere. Uh, man, we went I, I, every dumb mountain range you could find that was 14,000 feet high. <laughs> Obviously the park, but we went everywhere. The Loveland Overpass, you know, the Continental Divide. We, had the, we just had a great time in Colorado, and we were whitewater rafting. And, uh, you know, Lincoln's stupid. 
Uh, he's a fun little kid. I guess at the time he was about 10. Uh, no, he's actually seven years ago. He was about eight years old, little, little Lincoln. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this. The guy who is in charge of the boat, of the raft. You know, you're in your wetsuits. Uh, mine, I put on backwards, by the way. I'm not even kidding. What an idiot. I was just so zonked. I was working like eight jobs. I was so exhausted. I was getting like four hours of sleep, you know, for most of like my early 40s. Four hours of sleep at night if I was lucky. And, uh, you know, to pull off a vacation like this, I had to work overtime. You know, it was a nice trip. Me, Jenny, and Lincoln got to go away for a week. And it meant a lot to me because I didn't get to do that a lot. I didn't have a lot of money. And, uh, you know, we went on this cool trip. And we're in this whitewater raft. And uh, the guy who leads the boat, this is so funny. He was joking. He goes, this is a Category 5 rapid if anybody wants to take a swim. To which Lincoln goes, jumps in the water. <laughs> so he's, he is gone. Within like a split second, he's a mile down the, down the lane. I, of course, being the dad who has to save him. But from the second I hit that water, it is so cold. The only reaction I have is to my own body experience. Ah! frozen and they tell you not to be on your stomach in case you hit a rock underneath you which i immediately do and wind up suffering a thigh bruise that was with me for the next three months but lincoln basically got like washed ashore like thrown out of the river by the current as a little eight-year-old kid he's very lucky and uh, i eventually made my way down the river and climbed out myself with the help of an oar and uh some you know assertive people who were watching the whole thing and probably laughing their asses off. That being said, it really was like the best vacation of my life. It was amazing. I was like, this is amazing. Uh, so if, in fact, we nail down that July 13th gig in Colorado, I will not give you a name or a venue. I'm not contractually allowed to until the tickets go on sale. Uh, you Colorado listeners can finally get that rendezvous with the Jackson 3. We've been promising you since the show came on the air. We've been working on this one on the show since literally uh, May of 2020. So it would be a big deal to keep that campaign promise, and we are working on it. But right now I'm stuck in New York. Uh, we're going to be talking to Chip Roy about the border. Um, I get worked up about this one, man, because the Biden administration is fighting the governor of Texas right now, Greg Abbott, to take down this barbed wire at the border. The barbed wire is only at the border because this administration has failed to secure the border and created a humanitarian crisis on both sides of it. But rather than actually being like, fine, we'll do our job as a federal government, uh, we'll enforce border laws, uh, they want people coming in. And the sad reality of the people coming in is it's getting them killed and it's certainly getting Americans killed when you look at the fentanyl creating a record level of poisoning deaths. I say it every day because there's a lot of parents listening that need to understand this. A lot of you grew up in the 70s and 80s that are parents my age, okay, 80s, 90s, okay? You had a lot of friends who did recreational drugs. You might have did recreational drugs. I'm not judging. I, you know, look at me. I'm a former New York City cab driver. I've done more drugs than a retired lab rat. Oh, my God. But the point is, okay, we're not living in that era anymore, okay? We're now living in an era where recreational drug use ends in death. So you have to be proactive with your kids. I know it's hard. These aren't easy conversations. But if you knew how many times a day I say the word fentanyl to poor Lincoln, okay, but you have to because I report on this. I cover the border. I know what's going on. And, you know, we bring it up a lot because there are a lot of parents out there that hear overdose deaths and go, well, I'm good. My kid don't do drugs. I'm going to overdose the first time he takes them. Okay, but the reality is overdose is a misleading term. 
because it implies someone took too many drugs and, you know, over the course of months and years, they eventually got so carried away with their intake that it killed them. That's not what's happening with fentanyl. Fentanyl is someone's taking drugs for the first time and dying. And it's a dumb reason to die. Okay. And so if we're going to speak out on it, it's because as a parent, I feel like I'm uniquely positioned to level with you. Okay. Especially as a dirtbag parent. I am not here selling valor or virtue. There is no one listening to the show more flawed than I am. No one. Are you just, good God, if you could see my 20s and 30s. I just met a woman who made me want to be a better man. Like, that's my reality. Okay, and I'm lucky for that. But I know I'm lucky for that. So I'm, you know, doing slightly better than I was back then. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare play that drop. I'm doing much better. Uh, but the point is, I get worked up about the border stuff, and I focus on it a lot because we get the bill. We get the bill, not just the financial bill, but we get the physical bill, okay? And it's sad, and it's avoidable. And people, okay, who see border security as a political issue are stupid, okay? It's a stupid position to take because the fentanyl doesn't know who you voted for. The drug cartels don't know who you voted for, okay? The failing city schools that are now getting overcrowded with additional students who don't speak English don't know who you voted for. And this is not an anti-immigrant screed, as they would tell you on MSNBC. This is an illegal immigration screed. Okay, if you want to come to this country legally, assimilate, be a part of this thing, of course you should. You have every right to. That's what the country was built on. Okay, but this idea that we should be looking the other way on the laws at the peril of us and our children is bananas. But that's the reality we're living in, okay? We've got a president that's fighting the governor of Texas to leave the border open, okay? There's no world where that should be okay with anyone listening. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, We're going to be talking to Texas Representative Chip Roy, a guy who was stumping pretty hard for Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Ah, pot shot at DeSantis. He's a good guy, a great governor. Uh, In any other year, he probably would be the Republican nominee. The problem right now uh, is the current president sucks so bad. It has created a hell of an appetite for the former president, seeing as he is still eligible to give this thing another go. Grover Cleveland, his way to two non-concurrent terms. 888-788-9910. But one of the reasons Trump is as popular as he is, is he made securing the border a hallmark of his you know, presidency. Okay, He lowered border crossings by 80%. Implemented Title 42, the Remain in Mexico policy, things that made your country safer. The Democrats got into office and repealed all of it. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Is it ever? So in this hour, okay, it's going to get a little chippy. It's going to be a little silly, but we're going to talk about some grown-up stuff. What we do on this show is we very much put your vitamins in your applesauce so you don't feel yourself digesting all the hard news I've got to share with you during the course of the day. That's the hook of this show. You know, we're going through the grown-up stuff, you know, running our news errands. Uh, We're just stopping for a couple of tequila shots along the way. It's like, you know, you know those people who go holiday shopping and hit a bar in between stores? That's pretty much what this show is. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. All right, well, you'd have to be at least drunk and stupid to think Biden is doing a good job at the southern border right now, to think Secretary Mayorkas should still be employed anywhere, let alone as the Homeland Security guy. Okay, think about that. 
The Department of Homeland Security was established after 9-11, okay, a terror attack. We said, all right, listen, they got one by the goalie, unacceptable. We as a country are going to allocate resources, maybe even too much resources, if you talk about the civil liberties violations from the Patriot Act, but I'm not going to get into a libertarian debate with you, with the 0.8% of the country who's libertarian, God love yous. Uh, But the point being is that in a post-9-11 world, we realized we needed to be vigilant going forward to make sure bad guys who wanted to harm us weren't having an easy time of it getting into the country. Okay, sadly, we've let 8 million people cross the border illegally, 2 million of which are called known God. Excuse me. There are 2 million additional people who fall into the category of known gotaways. It means 8 million people have come in illegally, okay, seeking asylum. Whether they deserve it or not, we won't know for about nine years. We just know they crossed the border, which is illegal. Okay, I have a lot of empathy for people who want to come here to make a better life. It's the greatest country in the world, but we want them coming here legally. Okay, it's more dangerous for them, more dangerous for us to do it illegally. That's why a porous border is a bad thing. But understand, in a post-9-11 world, Okay, things like securing a border were a priority, which is why the Congress authorized wall funding under George W. Bush and again under Barack Obama. That's true. That is true. Okay, why? Because they realized the border was the front door of the house and you want to know who's coming in. You want to know who's going out. That's it. Simple stuff. Nothing to do with their race. Just, you know, something to do with the fact that 2100 Americans died at the World Trade Center, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the Pentagon. You know, bad stuff, guys. And we didn't want it to happen again. So we were like, all right, we're going to start playing a little defense. It's called the Department of Homeland Security. Here we go. Okay, let's play a little defense. Screen a little more aggressively at the airport. Okay, the ball games, concerts, stuff like that. But, of course, the southern border. Well, the current administration, you know, the old never forget, 9-11, that whole thing. Oh, they've all the way forgot. Okay, you let 8 million people in. There's an additional 2 million. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they came from. We just know at least 2 million, according to radar, have gotten away. Okay, we do know of about 160 members of the terror watch list that were apprehended this year. You're like, oh, what's the big deal, Jimmy? We caught him. Look, honey, I outsmarted the radio guy. Except you didn't. Because in those 2 million known gotaways, by a percentage basis, that also means, you know, probably dealing with 50, 60 members at the very least, at the very least, of the terror watch list. People who are barred from entering our country because they are actively working to harm us are getting let into our country right now. Guys, that's not a political statement. You live here and I live here. That's just bad for you and it's bad for me. It doesn't matter how you vote. I'm not talking to you by party. I'm talking to you by person. Okay, so the idea that the Biden administration has fought as hard as it has, they're fighting the governor of Texas. Hey, 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 can't have this barbed wire fence. No good. It's inhumane. It's bad. Not good. Let them go through the river and drown like they've been doing. That's more humane. That's pretty much the argument here. Okay, the drug cartels are making $2 billion exploiting our southern border. Think about that. Okay, the fentanyl has led to a record level of poisoning deaths. Again, fentanyl doesn't know who you voted for. doesn't know who your parents voted for. You took an Adderall because you wanted to film a ter- you know, finish a term paper and you died. Okay, that is awful. That is horrific, and it is only possible if you leave the southern border wide open. Okay, so the fact that we're at this moment where a guy like Chip Roy is catching shots in news media because he's standing up for the border. Okay, he just took a shot from Joy Reid. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Of course she is. Okay, because you understand Democrats supported border security until it became a political lane. When Trump said build a wall, they were like, oh, hell no, can't be building a wall. That is racist. 
We should be building bridges, not walls. And then they all went home to their mansions, surrounded by walls. That is correct. Does anybody, anybody who in the bridges, not walls crowd have a bridge that lets anybody come onto the property who wants at any hour of the day? <laughs> Weird. Anyway, here's Joy Reid trying to make this a race issue and an everything else issue. Clip eight. And very quickly, this massive resistance, it sounds like the old Southerners who said that we will resist integration by any means necessary, that Chip Roy language. How does that read inside of the Latino community? I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very simple. You know, if you're the Republican Party, you're, you're allegedly the party of laws and order, and you're essentially telling local authorities to break the law. No, so I think once again, going into this image of, you know, who is the party of law and order and who is the party for democracy, I think that's where we all have to highlight the hypocrisy, regardless of the politics. They're essentially telling people to break the law. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, we're going to back this up a second. First and foremost, Joy, Joy Reid compared Chip Roy to the old Southerners that would re resist integration by any means necessary. Oh, oh, oh. So like Joe Biden, who fought against integrated school buses, the guy who said he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle like those old Southerners, the guy who eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan, those old Southerners, that's who Joe Biden is, by the way. That is that is who he is. Like if politicians have baseball cards, that's a stat on the back of his baseball card. Led the league in eulogized Ku Klux Klan members. That's real. You don't hear about it. You don't talk about it a lot in the media. Go give it a Google. The media ain't going to say a word. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, but getting past that, because the, the race-baiting stuff is just what they do. Okay, her guest, God Lover, says, oh, you know, the Republican Party is supposed to be the party of law and order. They're telling local authorities to break the law here by building that barbed wire. Okay, now do you understand, we're backing this all the way up, why are the authorities building that barbed wire? Because the government of the United States, run by the Democrats, is not enforcing the laws on the books at the border, and we have no order. Bingo. Okay, start there. Yes, the Republicans are the party of law and order. They want the Democrats to enforce our border laws. They want remain in Mexico on the books. The Democrats literally eliminated the law. They want Title 42 on the books. The Democrats literally fought to the Supreme Court to eliminate the measure. Okay? We had a border wall under construction that both parties had voted for under previous administrations. The Democrats literally spent money to destroy the materials and halt construction. And now Biden's out there with a straight face going, of course the border's not secure. I need the money to fix it. You got to give me the money. That's what's going on here. Do you understand? Okay, the only thing they had to do was leave what was in place in place because it had cut illegal border crossings by 80%. You're absolutely right. So you understand when you say, oh, the Republicans supposed to be the law and order party. Now they're encouraging Texas to build illegal barbed wire because the government of the United States is not enforcing its border laws. So should we just be like, well, you know, technically we call ourselves the law and order party. And, you know, if you really make a word pretzel here, we could, we could be labeled as not supporting law and order by encouraging Texas to defend its own sovereign rights. No, no, that would, that would be bad on MSNBC. So we shouldn't call out the government of the United States that's actually getting people killed by a record level of fentanyl poisonings. That's getting women, 30% of the women across the border illegally are getting sexually assaulted. That's against the law. 
But we shouldn't, you know, shouldn't want to enforce that law. I mean, that would make us look anti-law in order to support a law that made the government enforce the law. Come on, what are we talking about here? Do you see what we're down to? When you're talking in word pretzels, it's because you got nothing. Nothing. There's no defense, no defense of this administration. The dereliction of duty to protect everyday Americans, not to mention the migrants, because border security protects the migrants. Because it takes the teeth away from the cartels. The Remain in Mexico policy, okay, meant that if you were caught at the southern border, you were forced to remain in Mexico until your asylum case was granted five, six years down the road. Okay? If you are told, hey, if you walk to the border a thousand miles and get caught, you're going to get stuck in Mexico for five or six years. Guess what you don't do? Okay? You don't walk to the border. Okay? At least not in the numbers they're walking in now. Why are so many people coming now? Because they're getting in. Okay, remain in Mexico is gone. If you get caught at the southern border, you get caught at the southern border now, we just wave you in. That's how it works. It's not, oh, well, remain in Mexico. It's not Title 42. We've got to screen you before we let you in because we were in the middle of a pandemic and Americans weren't allowed to go to school or church or work or shopping or restaurants or board planes. No, no, no. Those laws only applied to you. They didn't apply to the people coming across the southern border. So if you want to know why these people are coming into the country now in massive numbers, it's not because of a broken immigration system. It's not because Chip Roy is like an old southerner. It's because the Biden administration is letting them in. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. I have great empathy for people who come here and want to build a better life because it's the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. It also has the most economic upward mobility because we're the richest country on the planet. No greater source of good in the history of the world. Okay, but by encouraging people to come here illegally, as the Democrats are, okay, they are incentivizing a perilous journey that is getting women raped by cartels, that is getting people killed on both sides of the border by record levels of fentanyl pouring across our border from China Okay, our biggest geopolitical foe who actually makes this stuff and winds up feeding it to the to the drug cartels who are using it to stretch their supply, lower their financial overhead, but every once in a while get it wrong and kill somebody. They're not trying to kill their cartel. China sure is. Okay, but the cartel itself isn't trying to kill their fellow cartel members or kill the customers. They're just trying to stretch their profits. China obviously wants Americans to die. And they're happy with whatever the end result is, as long as some of us die. That's how the world works. People don't like us. It's a bad place. They want us dead. They once flew planes into buildings and killed 2,100 people who had nothing to do with anything. Because that's the world we're living in. We were supposed to never forget, but the people running our country right now have all the way forgotten. And the fact that we're sitting here and we're discussing this as if it's a political issue. Oh, the Republicans want to secure the border. Bunch of racists. Okay, and that's the way we're looking at this. It's disgusting. Okay, that's not the America you're supposed to be living. You're supposed to be living in America where, you know, America matters. People matter. Lives matter. Okay, but instead we're like, well, you know, people are going to die. Will that help us get votes? Uh, Because, you know, if those dead people are going to get us votes, you know, that story, the framing of that story is going to be better for us. It's going to be a little more political expedient. Then, yeah, you let them die. What are we talking about? We don't care about these people. And they don't care about these people. When they wanted to defund the police... You've heard those montages on this show. I played them to the point of exhaustion because I love the cops and they deserve our support. Bad cops should be held accountable. But the vast, 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 vast majority of cops are good cops. We can't have society without them. So I shout them out every day. But understand, the people who said they wanted to defund the police in the name of public safety, we've got to make a safer world. The police are dangerous, I tell you. Every single one of those people had police protection. 
Every single one of them. And when they were defunding the police for you, they were not defunding the police for them. Okay, that's the world we're living in. So when you hear me talking about this stuff and pushing back against the language that's being used by the people who want to secure the border, listen to this exchange, okay? John Kirby, okay, one of the guys who speaks for the Pentagon, supposed to be in you know charge of the military and the government and the you know people securing the border listen to this exchange he won't give martha mccallum a straight answer clip nine there are more people on the move in this hemisphere right now than there has been since world war ii and it's a lot John, of do we have a border do we have a southern border do we have a what do we have a southern border yes ma'am of course we then do. how come people can flow across it every single day we hundreds and thousands very... of people over the quick three hundred thousand people in december we're working very hard to try to fix that, Martha. That's why we need congressional action. That's why the president oh, asked for additional God. funding, more than, you know, $6 billion in the supplemental to try to get border yeah. security enhanced. I mean, I think we, I, you and I are obviously not going to see uh, the, the policy solutions the same way, and I respect that. Well, I'm just that. looking for but results. Idea, I'm saying if, if idea, you're concerned about the number of people the, crossing, you're not getting results. The idea so at some point you have to say we got to do something different. Now, the idea that we haven't looked at this and tried to work on this and trying to work in, in concert with, with Congress is just not true. We are. This is a complicated issue, and it's going to require a real team approach, not just from the executive branch, but from the legislative branch as well. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Garbage. Why? Because the numbers we're discussing, okay, weren't happening under the previous administration. Why? Because there were policies in place that stopped this from happening. They now repealed those policies. And they want to run on the issue. Well, we need money. You know, we need money for border security. We pass another border uh, immigration bill. We can use the money for climate change like we did with the Inflation Reduction Act. But you understand this is a problem. Okay? It's a political problem. That's why they're talking about it. But never, ever, don't you ever forget that when it comes to this party, and I do mean this, and it's sociopathic and it's gross, but the politics are so much more important than the people. Democrats are so full of crap. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Chip Roy in the next break, Lincoln Fallon in the next hour. Right now, we praise a Democrat. That's what we do on this show, because we actually like the country, and we're not here in service of a political party. I just want people to stop dying from the southern border. I want schools to get stop being overcrowded. I want veterans to stop going homeless, okay, because we're putting migrants into hotels that might otherwise house the homeless veterans in my city. Here is John Fetterman, a guy I've certainly made an awful lot of fun of over the years. Uh, I don't love everything about his policies. But I think he's taking a very common sense approach to the border. Here is Fetterman talking about a clip 12. I think at this point right now, the Senate and Congress have to deliver on on a on a comprehensive border security situation. We, we should. Absolutely. And I don't understand why it would be controversial to think that we should have a secured border and we should be able to make sure that our immigration system works. A round of applause for Fetterman. Here's a little more Fetterman on that one, clip 13. All you have to do is look at the, at the numbers. In December, it's over 300,000 encounters. And that's larger than the city of, of my Pittsburgh. 
and and that's just one month. I mean, it's we have to address that and, and come up with a solution. And we can't be we can't be uh, piecemeal or any kinds of here and there. You know, we, you know, we have to step up and deliver a comprehensive border security issue. I admire your honesty. I mean, really think about that. That's a Democrat. He gets it. You can't let 300,000 people in one month into the country. It's not because you're a bad guy. It's not because you don't have empathy. It's because at some point, your country has to matter too. And right now, we're living in an America where it very much doesn't to the people who happen to be running it. And that's why you speak up about stuff like this. Chip Roy does so next. There it is, Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Lincoln Fallon in the next hour. I like to have Lincoln on on Fridays. He usually, you know, cuts out of his last class of the day to call me on the phone at the school. And they let him. It's like a cute thing. And, uh, you know, we talk about stuff, playground politics, NFL football, stuff like that. But they have tests this week, so the Link Man uh, is taking a test at noon and calling in after that. And we'll have a little me and the link man catch up for the show. George from Queens, uh, who is going to be joining me uh, when we go down to Huntsville, Alabama. we got a stand-up gig coming in Huntsville, and we've got to go meet Lincoln the dog. Okay, that's that matters. Okay, Tommy Daniel, Laura Daniel, when we first launched this show, they found a stray dog, and they decided to name it Lincoln. Because back during the pandemic, summer of 2020, I used to bring my pudgy little kid onto the radio and Lincoln was a goofball, and he was talking a lot of smack, and they wound up naming a stray dog after the kid. So we've been promising to meet this dog since 2020, and we never showed up. We've never come by and actually met the dog. This is not okay. I feel the same way. I can't wait to get down there and kick this thing. I'm being silly. We're very pro-dog in the Fala family. And uh, shout out to Tommy and Laura, who've become great friends of the family over the years. Uh, but the trick is, uh, since the show launched, uh, you know, everything's just gotten so crazy. Okay, with, you know, TV and everything. I had a different schedule in the spring of 2020, what with the world being on fire and us being at the height of a pandemic than I have in the subsequent three years. It has been absolute wall-to-wall madness. Stand-up TV, radio, Fox Nation, stand-up specials, books. Now I got my own TV show. It's madness, but it's a good American story. It's the reason people want to come here. Anybody can be anything, you know. If I could be sitting here on, you know, 160-plus radio stations, hosting my own primetime, you know, Saturday night show on Fox News, uh, you could pretty much train an ape to take over the world (laughs) because you live in America. That's why people want to come, okay? And I think that's the one thing about the whole border debate that I really wish people could start incorporating into their analysis. You know, and there's one end of this where the Democrats want you to believe we're a big racist, intolerant hellhole. But then on the other end, they want to let 8 million people come into the country. Why? Because members of those groups realize they have a better life here. They have American privilege. Uh, Joining us now on the line, someone who believes in the old adage, defense wins championships. Uh, We're certainly not playing any at the southern border, but maybe this uh, defensive coordinator from the 21st Congressional District of Texas can turn it around. House Judiciary Committee member, House Rules Committee member, House Budget Committee member, Congressman Chip Roy in the House. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Do you agree with my defense wins championships analysis? 
I am a pro defense guy, uh, very much so. Um, it's, uh, you know, these like run and gun offenses, man. I'm, I'm not sure about it, but no, I, no, like I seriously, I do believe that. But you also got to be able to go on offense and stand for something, and that's one yeah. of the things missing from the Republican Party. So you got to play defense, but you got to be on offense too. Listen, man, I love you for calling out the Republican Party because it's, you know, I, it's really is my belief from doing this show and talking to enough people that there's just so much posturing in our politics now. And so much of what you deal with in Washington really looks like a uniparty, where it's more you know expedient to go along to get along than it is to care about the country. I mean, do you feel that way walking around D.C.? Yeah, I mean, I can't even put into words my absolute disgust and disdain for all things, not just Washington, but the entire Republican Party, which is a gutless shell of anything you. you could possibly give credit to Ronald Reagan for having delivered for the American people. And for the fight that Donald Trump brought to Washington when he rode in on his horse trying to drain the swamp. And I give him great credit for that. But the Republican Party is empty. It is completely empty. It is bankrupt. And I sit there listening to guys offering these excuses, right? Excuse after excuse. We don't have enough votes in the House. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. And we deliver nothing. And meanwhile, our country is getting absolutely destroyed with Mm -hmm. wide open borders. I was in South Texas. I was in Brackettville, Texas, yesterday with about 200 ranchers and law enforcement, local leaders, local political leaders and sheriffs, and they're beside themselves. They're looking at someone like me and others that have stood up and tried to fight, defend the border, and they're saying, what are we going to do now? Do you know what their questions are? Mm. Their questions are, what do I do to protect my family? What am I allowed to do when I have people pouring across my ranch and breaking into my home? And Joe Biden scoffs, and the MSNBC leftists go, oh, Chip Roy's a crazy madman because he's saying that they... Texas should ignore the Supreme Court's ridiculous ruling. Mm. Look, we are at a new era now, mm-hmm. and it is time for us to take our freedom back. It's not about taking our country back. It's about taking our ability to live free. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of these gutless cowards in Washington. You know what we're going to put on the floor next week, Jimmy? Give it to me. A tax cut bill for corporations <laughs> because Republicans are whores for endless wars and corporations. That's it. That's what they stand for. And I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that it's something else. Democrats are Marxists and we have to beat them. But I am not going to pretend that Republicans aren't just as guilty because of their absurd, absurd adherence to this dogma of, oh, let's put some corporate taxes on the floor. Let's do that. And let's continue to fund endless wars while our borders are wide open, while we lose our schools, while we lose our communities, while we shut down the freaking government because of a freaking virus. Yeah, it's That's in- your Republican Party of the 21st century. It is insane. We're talking to Representative Chip Roy. I, I do feel like people would like you more if you didn't hold back so much. Yeah, well, <laughs> just wait. I'm going to go have a margarita, and I'll tell you what I really think. <laughs> I know you are. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, listen, I get it, though, I because— fe- for me, okay, as a parent, I understand, like, the border is not, you know, I know it's become a political issue, but the consequences are not political. These problems don't, you know, ask who you voted for before they spill into your town or, you know, overwhelm your infrastructure or, heaven forbid, poison someone with fentanyl. The fentanyl doesn't actually know who you voted for before it decides whether or not to kill you. So are, are you not on some level, though, as mad as you are at the Congress Is there a part of you on a human level that's surprised by the indifference? Because there's a real indifference to the human suffering that you have to demonstrate in order to take the position they've taken on this issue. You know, this is the thing that I think might be the most important point. The indifference to the human suffering of the American people who built and died and bled for this country, right? Mm -hmm. Our forefathers, all the people who came before us to give the world this greatness that is American exceptionalism. 
and we're watching it just trade it off like one slice at a time. You know, our children that are dying from fentanyl poisoning, we are absolutely destroying the core, you know, uh, uh, structure of our civilization here in this country. Meanwhile, migrants that Democrats pretend to care for, and frankly, a bunch of weak-kneed Republicans, they're getting sold into the sex trafficking trade. Little girls are getting abused. You know, we had 1,000 migrants die along the border, 53 53 who died in a tractor-trailer in the Texas heat, absolutely just cooked, absolutely appalling. How about that family who drowned in the Rio Grande, and then you had Democrats blaming Texas because we dared take over a park, and it was a lie, just like the saying they whipping of the uh, Haitian migrants was a lie. Mm -hmm. All of this is a show. All of this is, though, heartless, crass politics for power by Democrats, and I want to be clear. We need Republicans who are in bed with the Chamber of Commerce who want their cheap labor. They want their stock markets. They want their 401ks, and they don't give a rat's ass about the hardworking American family out there trying to make ends meet, who are trying to get by, who, by the way, built this country. Like my family, they were all hardworking middle-class folks. My grandma was a single mom in West Texas in 1949. My father had polio. He was seven years old, and my grandfather died of cancer. She took on two jobs, became the first woman elected county clerk in a West Texas county. He's my dad, went, got up at four in the morning, gave him therapy, helped him go to college, the first in my family to go to college. That's the American dream, and we're destroying it. We're crushing the American dream because we were more interested in what corporations want and what the bleeding heart left wants, and it's all a lie. And it is time that people stand up for hardworking Americans. And that's what I want President Trump to do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, he is likely going to be the nominee, but I want him to stand up and fight. I want him to stand up in defense of the hardworking American family getting steamrolled by corporate America and by Republicans too weak need to fight for him. It is wild. We're talking to Representative Chip Roy. Uh, all of it's spot on. Um, there really is. There's this America last mentality now where we can all have empathy for people who want to come here. And what I think is so intellectually lazy is they're trying to label your border position as anti-immigrant when the truth is we support legal immigration. What we're getting now, I think you would argue and you have argued uh, quite compellingly, is we're getting you know illegal immigration at the expense of the people who want to come here legally and the people who are already here legally. So do you think on some level this is also a middle finger to the migrants who are trying to do this the right way? It is a middle finger to the migrants doing it the right way. It's also just unfair and wrong to the migrants coming here yeah. who get abused in the process, who die. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who come here, then they're then they're left coming here to America going, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Right? And we're, we're promising them this, like, fake siren song, right, of, mm-hmm. oh, you'll get all this free stuff. Has anybody noticed that we're $34 trillion in debt? <laughs> Has anybody noticed that? Like, how much free schooling and free health care can you give away when it's not even real? Americans don't get it. I have a constituent with stage four cancer who cannot go to MD Anderson because she's on Obamacare, which is a fraud. Mm -hmm. Republicans said they'd repeal it, and they didn't because Republicans are a fraud. Republicans are the ones that go out and promise that they stand up for the little guy. They stand up for freedom. They stand up for limited government. They stand it up. They stand up to actually cut spending. They stand up for a secure border. Have any of those things happened? Nope. Have any of those things happened? Mm -hmm. 
Listen, no. man. No. You're, you're, listen, you're spot on. Like, I, I, I praise you for your honesty on this show all the time. I, I really do. Because most people aren't picking this fight within their own party. And I think you're one of the few guys out there who realize that at the end of the day, the party isn't Republican. The party is America. And the American party is really getting the shaft. Well, and Democrats, the Marxist Democrats that are running our country right now, they want to kill it and destroy it. They want a one-world order. They want wide open borders. They don't believe in sovereignty. They don't believe in capitalism. They don't believe in the freedom of our fathers. They don't believe in Western civilization. Mm -hmm. Republicans say they do, and they don't do a damn thing about it. Republicans never show up to the fight. They never show up with even a quarter of the energy that Democrats exert to kill our country. Republicans don't show up and match that. And that's what I'm asking. And that's frankly what I'm trying to push on President Trump and on Republicans. We head into this election season. Do we mean it? Are we going to do something this time? Are we going to stand up to secure the border? Are we going to stand up for freedom? Governor Abbott's down there just trying to put razor wire up. And he's having to go to court, and he's having to fight to keep the National Guard to be able to hold razor wire up, which isn't even securing the border. Yeah, It's literally just moving traffic around. Yeah, And we can't even do that. Like, that's how bad it's gotten. And, you know, I just – it's beside me. That we can sit back and think that this is somehow good for humanity around the world yep. because we're empowering our enemies. We're empowering China. We, you know, we're, we're undoing our ability to produce wealth through our own American energy, and we're empowering China to pollute with massive coal-fired plants while we dismantle our free market engine by mandating electric vehicles that are yeah. piling up on automobile dealership lots. Yeah. Story for a different day. But it's all connected. No, it's, it's, the Republicans uh, have got to show up to the fight. Imagine that, and it is true. Even all the rare earth minerals that are going into those batteries, China's making money off that too. Uh, one last thing, uh, and then I will let you yeah. run. You did say if we fed you a couple of margaritas, uh, you'd really let yeah. loose. Um, sure. Uh, listen, this has been a hell of a week for you. My question is, will there be a margarita and maybe some NFL football on Sunday? You know, uh, <laughs> My son is actually more interested in looking forward to pitchers and catchers. Oh, he's a baseball guy. February. The oh. baseball guy, and so am I. I'm a baseball guy. Yep. and So we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to spring training. Uh, we'll see what happens. The Cowboys, you know, crapped the bed as usual <laughs> now in January. I grew I grew up a Cowboys fan of the winners, like yeah. the winning Cowboys. The 90s. And, uh, you know, a quarter of a century later, we're still waiting to win again. So, you know, we're kind of, you know, I did have a couple of good buddies. I won't mention their names so I can spare their reputation, but who played in the NFL. So I followed two other teams closely in the early 2000s. Okay. But now they've retired and the Cowboys don't show up. So I just look forward to spring training now. Well, if this, if this Congress thing gets old for you, you could probably coach the Cowboys the way they're going. So give it some thought. I mean, I couldn't do worse. There it is. Uh, Chip Roy, we really appreciate you, Congressman. Thanks for your time, my man. Thanks, Jimmy. God bless. Be well. You too. There he goes. The great Chip Roy, uh, who gets one of these from the studio audience all the way to the bank. (laughs) Chip Roy's a guy who means it. We don't have a lot of guys who mean it in Congress. And I loved having a congressman talk to you about the fraud of Obamacare and the fraud of the Republican Party on Obamacare. That's a guy in the halls of Congress who's in on the joke. Do you know I say to you every day, hey, I don't know the Republican Party, my loyalty, because they ain't giving it back to you. They're not. The reason I so loathe political division is because I grew up in an era pre-social media where we had like shared understandings of how society worked. Growing up, okay, we all said, well, you know, 
politicians are only in it for themselves. You know, you get a few good guys here or there, but most of them are just in it for themselves. And that was always the running joke, and it was true. It was true then, and it's true now. But social media turned politics into such a team sport because it started rewarding you for taking political positions in arguments with complete strangers. Like if we could take a societal step backwards and realize just how stupid social media is and just what you know a detriment it is to our overall well-being as a country, okay, you'd realize it's like you never log on to a social media app again. The world would be so much better. Okay, because now we're fighting for parties harder than countries. Because if you get on social media and go, I love America. Yeah, a bunch of guys with no sleeves on their shirts who drink beer with me on the weekends are going to click like. But it's not going to be nearly as much as if you say the Republicans are a bunch of racists or the Democrats are a bunch of commies. Okay, you're not going to get the likes. So social media, the like button, it steers behavior because people want to do what's getting validation. It's digital dopamine. The like count makes you feel good. Yeah, look at this. 2,000 people who were also on a toilet liked what I was saying. That's what social media is. Okay, when you fight on social media, you're in a road rage argument with someone who's not even on the same highway as you. Imagine that, but that's where we are. But he calls out the fraud of the Republican Party. It's a lot of fraud. A lot of them don't mean it, man. I told you, you don't hear a lot of lawmakers on my show because I, the criteria for being on the show is I have to have met you off the air and thought you meant it. Okay, it's one thing to come on here and go all WWE and all the Democrats and Obamacare. Don't ever forget, the Republicans spent eight years, eight years, eight years running and fundraising and campaigning on repeal and replace Obamacare. And when Trump got into office, his first domestic agenda item was repeal and replace Obamacare. But the Republican Party that had made all that money didn't ever once stop and make a plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. That's just how white folks will do you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together, have some honest conversations, not an activist, a talk show host. Remember talk show hosts? Kind of shared an opinion. Might get a little mouthy with you. You know, once in a while, get a little heated, you know, something like that. You know, Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. But now, you know, you can't do that. Come on, man. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Words to live by. But the point is, on this show, you know, just try to have a conversation with you about the world, what's going on, what we could do better. That would help us. You know, there's too many activists on the radio. There's too many activists in TV. And, you know, you listen to the activists that just, well, we've got to beat the other side. Then your problems will get solved. Now, buy my stuff. <laughs> That's like most of media. <laughs> At least I took the time to write you a book of jokes. Sir, buy my stuff. Uh, Foxnewsbooks.com. Book comes out next week. Pre-orders are super-duper helpful. Uh, but by all means, enjoy yourself buying it. Don't get madder. Uh, there's no point of being mad. Okay, the whole point of being alive is to have fun. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is it? Ever. And the light is on, so Jimmy needs to clean up his act and make it radio friendly because we were getting down and dirty. 
uh, during the commercials. It's Fox Across America. We're in a loose mood. It is Thursday night. You live in the greatest country in the history of the world. Freedom! But, of course, there are a lot of people that are trying to ruin it. And we're going to talk about it in this hour. Because some of the best fraud you're ever going to see anywhere, and I say this as a former New York City cab driver, okay, some of the fraud in our politics right now is so good, I actually do respect it. Like, I used to watch Flim Flam guys, you know, deal three-card Monty, rip people off with old, you know, street hustle tricks. You broke my glasses. Give me some money. Stuff like that. Okay, but the stuff going on on the climate end of the scam spectrum is far more impressive to me because you're not conning one guy on a sidewalk. You're conning millions of people at the same time, and you're making a ton of cash for doing so. Money, 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 money. That's where the discussion finds us at the top of the hour. Lincoln Fail is coming by at the bottom of the hour. He's taking midterms right now in his 10th grade high school. Uh, and I normally have him on on a Friday, but Lincoln's schedule does not allow for it. He's a big media power player now. George from Queens uh, joining us. He's going to call in after his test today. We'll have a quick chit-chat because I want to unplug, and I want you to unplug because I hate the direction our politics are going in right now. This election is essentially going to be a 10-month contest to see which Democrat can call Republicans the racist the most. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. And that's what they're down to. Their stupid ideas, okay, are not supported by anybody. People don't believe the border should be open and we should be overrun and failing our inner city schools, okay, and, you know, causing a record level of fentanyl poisoning. People don't believe that. There are people who side with the Democrats on the border issue because they've been told border security is racist. Now, these people are gullible idiots whose emotions are their facts, who have no appreciation for the fact that both political parties support border wall funding until it became a Republican position in the 2016 election. The Democrats wanted border wall funding under Obama and got some. They wanted it under George W. Bush and voted in support of it. But now we're sitting here telling you border wall security is racist. Border funding is racist. And that's why the country is being overrun. Okay, you understand none of these policies. The Inflation Reduction Act was the biggest climate change bill in the history of the world. At a time when we were $33 trillion in debt, the Democrats had such a woody for climate change spending that they passed it under a different name. What a fraud. Oh, you could hear that a lot in this hour. I mean, seriously, $33 trillion in debt. I've got it. We'll call it inflation reduction because inflation's high, but we'll actually just spend more money, which causes inflation. That is financial lunacy. Okay, but that's what we're doing in this country right now. They don't have support for most of what they do, but if they call enough people racist, young people vote for them. They go, well, I don't want to be racist. That, that'd be bad. So I'm going to vote for the liberals who were justifying the slaughter of Jewish people. <laughs> Something about oppressors or colonizers. Hamas is the good guys somehow. Yeah, no, the, I'm, with, I'm with the Democrats. It's insane. There's never been a dumber time to be alive. But when it comes to the fraud of our politics, climate change is the greatest fraud in the history of the world. Okay, it's the, just the best. Okay, the oldest running joke in the history of television. So this dates back to the mid-50s. Mid-50s was about the decade when a majority, a thin majority of Americans had TV sets. It was the mid-50s before it had been mainstreamed in America. But it was new enough and it was visceral enough to let this into our living room that TV operated under a very different standard of decorum back then. If you remember when Elvis was on the Ed Sullivan show, they only showed him from the waist 
up, from the waist up. They couldn't show them from the waist down. Too many horny women would lose their minds. They'd never seen nothing like that in their living room. Yeah, a little skinny Elvis. I'm not talking about fat Elvis, who just ate a peanut butter and banana sandwich, has a little gas in his rhinestone jumpsuit. No, no, I'm talking about young, hot postage stamp Elvis and the sport coats with the hair, you know, the swinging hips, the pointy shoes. You know, they couldn't let women see that. They'd charge right through the TV and tear them apart. But what people did watch on TV starting in the 50s all the way on up to today was the news. They would watch the news, and they would watch the weather. And for as long as the weather's been on TV, okay, we've had this running joke that, well, weatherman, that's a good job to have because you can be wrong every day and still keep your job. That is a joke that's been told in mainstream America since 1955. Okay, we all joke and roundly agree that the weatherman can't predict tomorrow's weather accurately. But they want you to believe they know what the weather is going to do in 75 years. Come on. Don't bullshit me. But that's what they're trying to do. No, no. We don't understand. I know we don't know tomorrow. I know we don't know the next day. We get it wrong all the time. But in 75 years, we got this right. I'm telling you. Listen, I know. In 75 years, okay, we know what the weather's going to be. You're not telling me the truth. The only thing they know is they're going to make money. So I really love and respect the hustle aspect of climate change because they have no idea. Man can't control the weather. If we could control the weather, you think we'd allow storms to go? You think we'd let any of this stuff happen? Well, you'd say, well, it's incremental, Jimmy. We can't control the weather yet. But if, you know, everybody starts eating bugs, eliminating meat from their diet, starts driving electric cars, which are, as you know, powered by fossil fuels because they have to plug into something, and that something is coal. Okay, but if everybody starts using fossil fuels Instead of out of a gas pump, but by plugging into a power, though, I'm telling you, that'll help us incrementally control the weather. And then if you replace the meat with the bugs, like I said, and oh, by the way, stop drinking coffee. So this is where we find ourselves now. Elites at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. You know, the one where they get together and talk about the dangers of climate change. And then they fly home on private jets, eating steak, not following any of the initiatives they just tried to peddle. Okay, remember this John Kerry last week was in Davos, and a reporter, to his credit, asked him about the hypocrisy of private jets. Here it is. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? Think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Nobody ever (laughs) suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. (laughs) Don't make up stupid questions, said John Kerry. Why? Because he doesn't have an answer. He can't answer it. On one end, we're in a climate emergency. Stop everything you're doing. Adhere to these new protocols. No, I'm not going to. Obviously not me, but I'm saying, but you, you're the peasants. Okay, it's not about the cause. It's about control. Okay, do you think anyone, anyone is eating bugs? You've heard me say this on the show before. The people telling you to eat bugs are laughing at you, laughing at the people who listen. They're flying off on their private jets listening to the Beatles while you eat the Beatles. That's the climate movement. They don't care. But the latest initiative out of the climate movement is, well, you know, coffee uh, could be bad uh, for climate change and the CO2 and everything in between. Listen to this clip. This is from Davos, okay? This is maybe one of my favorite things in the world. It's Hubert Keller. It's a Swiss banker. says your cup of coffee is causing climate change. Clip 20. We'll be having our coffee before the session, and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink 
um, emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. Um, the quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. <laughs> that is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. seriously you're all a bunch of grifters grifters now the coffee's bad you don't understand you stop drinking coffee no more storms now it'll change the weather mother nature not a coffee gal excuse me it's birthing person nature I'm, i don't want to assume anyone's pronouns here uh but this is the the fraud of what you're dealing with they fly out there and they come up with these sweeping de declarations of how they're going to save the world this time. Don't get me wrong. None of us are going to follow any of this. But you guys are going to follow this because that's how we're going to save the world. And they're making money off of it. Okay. And they tie it to causes like coffee. Okay. Because they need to get your attention because no one takes them seriously. No one takes the climate movement seriously. Like if you were to poll people. There are folks out there that are like, yeah, the climate's changing. They'd tell you that because the weather's always changing. Duh. Okay, but the movement has had three different titles. Okay, if you're on your third title, it's because your original movement was a fraud. Oh, wow. Guys, it started off as we're all going to freeze. These same people who are telling you, Okay, climate's changing, it's out of control, no more coffee. These people, this is their movement. It started as, we're all going to freeze. We got 10 years. We're all going to freeze. <laughs> they were wrong. All right, well, second chances. I get it. Lord knows Jenny's let me back in the house a few times. Got a few second chances. Change the lock, but then she feels bad, gives you the key. They're like, look at him out there, Lincoln. He's so chubby on the lawn. Anyway. Okay, second chance. Ten years, we're all going to freeze, you're all going to die. All right, fine. Okay, we are red-faced about this. Uh, but in the next ten years, we're all going to melt! <laughs> all right, gee, oh, okay. Well, let's say, you know, Bible does preach forgiveness, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, let's, get, let's take another ten-year crack at it. The weather's just changing, guys. It's just changing. And it is. They're not wrong about this one. That's what weather does. It changes. Okay? What doesn't change is the grift. Okay, they are using the weather to horrify gullible people into giving them money. That fear, that manufactured hysteria, allows them to usurp your rights in the name of an emergency. You know how they did that with COVID? Oh, I can't go to church, can't go to work. Okay, I mean, if you want to riot on behalf of a junkie who shouldn't have been killed by the cops but was, okay, yeah, you can go riot. It's, you know, the virus knows it's sophisticated. We made it in the Chinese lab. It supports social justice causes. But the point is, when it comes to the climate, it is that same thing. It's the weaponization of an emergency to take away your freedoms and give them more power. And when someone tells you coffee is causing climate change, do you know what you're supposed to tell them? You're supposed to tell them you. That's what you're supposed to tell them. Okay, because every one of these people is a circus clown. Straight up. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
having a fired up talk about the climate. Jimmy's getting a little cranky over I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Who was leading off that hour, Jimmy? Come on, you got to lighten up. It's like you're so cranky, you haven't had your morning coffee. No, ma'am, I am still drinking coffee. Okay, because all the people who tell you it might be bad for the climate. You are so full of sh. Of course they are. Uh, we laugh at these people, though. They don't really actually get us angry. I'm going back out on the road. Why am I going back out on the road? Because we want to unplug. We want to laugh. Here are some dates, and I have some new ones to add as well. Uh, actually, I still can't announce the new. Man, all right, I'll give you the regulars. But there are four more dates, four more dates in uh, states that are very passionate about this show where I haven't had a chance to come do stand-up comedy. They have been added to my calendar. Fox approved. We're good to go. Uh, But we have to get the tickets on sale before we can announce they're coming or it hurts the venue and all the momentum. So in the meantime, here's what you need to know. March 1st, we're in Idaho Falls. March 2nd, we're in Sacramento. March 8th, we're in Fort Lauderdale. March 9th, we're in Ponte Vedre, Florida. Uh, March 29th, Helena, Montana. March 30th, Spokane, Washington. April 5th, Federal Way, Washington. April 6th, Boise, Idaho, and May 18th, we are in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, there are also dates, more dates coming in Florida, more dates coming in Dallas, dates coming in Huntsville, Alabama. We're working on something. Uh, man, I don't want to get into it. I'm, I, what happens with you guys, for real? Because whenever you guys meet me, you're like, I feel like I know you because I tell you everything about my life. You do know me because I tell you a lot more than I'm supposed to uh, because this is our show. Like, it's a shtick. I don't get on the air and be like, you know, this is our show. We're the regular people. We're making a big impact. And then I get off the air and I'm like, get away from me. Okay. I am, you know, you can't fake this level of mediocrity. I am stuck in whatever this vessel happens to be. And I'm sharing all of my exploits with you because you're the rocket fuel that's propelling this thing. Uh, I don't know that I'd compare me to a rocket. Maybe Kim Jong-un, little rocket man as Donald Trump famously called them during their back and forth. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Of course, in the America we're living in now, uh, you know, we're not getting into a war with Kim Jong-un unless we come up with some solar-powered rockets. (laughs) It's so bad what we're doing right now. We're fighting all the wrong battles. The climate change thing, when I start hearing that in the military, like, well, we've got to get some energy-efficient tanks. Yo, the late, great Rush Limbaugh. He had a great line about the military. He's like, he's like, their job is to break stuff and kill people. That's the job. Break stuff and kill people. Correct the mundo. Okay. The idea that we got to be like, well, you know, let's make sure we don't misgender the enemy as we're firing mortars into <laughs> their caves. You know, if we're going to go after the Houthis, let's not misgender their girlfriends. <laughs> okay, but that's what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with a country that fights all of the wrong battles. I'm sick of the word woke, but it's like that all-encompassing ethos really is one of the biggest problems we have. Everything woke turns to Totally. I mean, even when you look at airlines, okay, something we're going to be covering on my Saturday night TV show this week is uh, a lot of the airline stories of the past week. If you remember the the Alaskan Airlines flight, the door blew right off the plane. That can't be good. Okay, then we had a Virgin Atlantic flight this week. That was supposed to fly out, but someone in a passenger seat, not a technician, not a safety inspector, not an employee of the airline, okay, a passenger, noticed there were four bolts missing from the wing. 
this could be a problem. Really think about that. Not the people inspecting the plane, okay? But some guy who is so scared of flying to begin with that he's literally counting the bolts on the plane when he notices... But the airlines, you know, can't get out in front of a microphone fast enough. This is the most diverse crew we've ever had. We phased out the white guys who know how to fly stuff. You know, Sully, the guy who landed on the Hudson, saved everybody's life. He was a cis white male over the age of 60. We can't have people like that. That's what's going on. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. You should be. And it's not about, you know... Oh, the Fox News guy doesn't like inclusion. Wants to whitewash society. No, I don't. Dude, you can make every airline pilot a transgender gremlin. Boom. Hire them. If they can land the plane, I'm in. Okay? That's my priority when I fly. I do two things. I want a pilot who lands the plane. Okay? Great. Ideally, a pilot who lands the plane. And just get me a good-looking flight attendant. I Male or female. Good looks are good for morale. I'm not, it might sound superficial, but they're good for morale, okay? And if you can't get me a good-looking flight attendant, get me somebody who's funny and outgoing. Get me the chubby flight attendant who tells all the jokes on the PA during the pre-flight announcements. Works every time, okay? I'm a very simple man, but I know what resonates with very simple people. And at our core, we're all very simple people. We try to overcomplicate it on Twitter. Well, uh, here's my position on the test bombing and the VAs. You know, just shut up. Nobody cares. Okay, social media really does need a button called Who Asked You? Because 99% of the things we weigh in on would get responded to with a Who Asked You? Okay, this is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive, and it's not even close. And if you think I'm cranky now, wait till the next break when I get back to this coffee study we were doing. Back after this. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up on a thirsty Thursday. And I can't even go drinking. I got to do Waters World tonight in the 8 p.m. hour. And uh, I never drink before a TV hit, as you know. All right. I obviously never get drunk before a TV. This bit's going to turn into an intervention. Uh, We will just move on. Lincoln Phelan, my demon spawn, joining us in the next break. Uh, But right now, a little more you and me time. We were talking uh, at the top of the hour about... The climate hoax, okay? And what I mean by the climate hoax is nobody can control the weather. That's true. That is true. Number one, no one can give you data that says man is changing the climate. That's true. That is true. Another drop we could play 100 times in this segment, okay? But the people who are trying to argue that we need to upend our way of life all have one thing in common. The only way to upend our way of life and save the world is to pay them with your dollars. Money, 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 money. That's all we know. That's the only data we have on climate change is everybody who tells you climate change. Okay, everybody in the 70s, everybody, everybody in the 70s who was like, we're all going to freeze. And by the way, please give us money. That's how it went down. And what did they have in common with the people in the 80s and 90s? We're all going to melt. Please give us money. And what do they have in common with the people who switched the argument from global freezing to global warming to just climate change? The weather's changing. You know, there's a word for that. It's called weather. 
But what do these latest, okay, climate activists have in common with the we're going to freeze and we're going to melt people, as you know? Please give us money. Okay, that's the only data we have on climate change, that a lot of grifters want to upend your way of life, tell you what kind of car you can drive, tell you what kind of stove you can use, tell you what you have to eat. They were telling us, as I said at the top of the hour, we should start eating bugs. None of the people who want you to phase out coffee or stop eating steak or chow down on bugs instead is actually doing that. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And if they're not actually doing it, that means you can't take them seriously. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So this whole idea that, oh, no, coffee might be bad for the environment. Basically, what they're trying to do is nobody cares about climate change. They don't care. I'm not telling you a bunch of white, rich kids who need a sense of purpose in life because they don't work. Okay, so they show up and upend events at art museums and runways and, you know, political rallies. I'm not saying climate change doesn't give them a sense of purpose. But in terms of people actually caring, nobody cares or we'd all be a lot more willing to partake in this stuff than we are. Okay, if people cared about climate change, electric vehicles would be selling a lot better. Okay, Hertz wouldn't be getting rid of their rental cars. Ford wouldn't be cutting production on the F-150. And oh, by the way, there's also the small matter that every single one of those electric vehicles gets plugged into the power grid. Meaning at the end of the day, for all the talk about saving the world, they're running on good old-fashioned coal. Oh, wow! So knowing that to be the case, okay, you're not changing the weather. You don't control the weather. The people telling you you've got, oh, we might want to phase out coffee. It comes from them trying to make you interested in climate change. Okay, the last incarnation of this effort was the Inflation Reduction Act. They called it the Inflation Reduction Act. And then the minute they passed it, they were like, congratulations, we passed the biggest climate change bill in the world. That's just how white folks will do it. And that's how they did it. They tricked representatives into supporting a climate change bill. What a fraud. Politics 101, sadly. But the point is, okay, why am I bringing on my kid to close the show? I mean, one, he's a better guest than 99% of the people we book on this show. But two, I'm just, I'm done. Like, I'm unplugging. I'm, you know, I know I have a radio show to do tomorrow before we get to my Saturday night comedy show on TV. But I'm just like, I can't, I can't take these people serious anymore. Do you think there's a world where John Kerry and the climate activists are eating bugs and washing it down with something besides coffee because they think it's bad for the environment? Of course not. Okay, and if they can't take it seriously, you can't take them seriously. Because all we're really learning about this movement is that it's being led by a lot of people who don't follow their own life-or-death initiatives. Yet somehow people gullible enough who do are sending them check after check after check. Pay up, suckers. So if you are a climate activist, I support you uh, and I support your support of the arts because you're financing a really well-paid clown show. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you haven't heard, I am booking my wife, Jenny Fallon, on this week's episode of Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. That's stupid. 
Use your common sense. I don't know if it is or it isn't, but if anybody can talk me out of doing it, it's my next guest, one-third of the Jackson 3, George from Queens, Lincoln Fela in the house. Hey, man. What's up? So this mommy deal. Okay, is this a bad move to have Mommy on week three of the show? The show's hot right now. We're winning in the ratings. We're doing well. What do you think? Well, the thing is, it's going to help with the ratings. Oh, he's having his wife on. That's so nice. Oh, so you think I'm going to get the sympathy Even points. if she's not good, yeah. <laughs> but what is your prediction? Do you think she'll do okay? Yeah. It's you... kind of like how DeMar Hamlin died on the field but made five tackles this year, so he's comeback player of the year because they <laughs> like the nice story. So you're saying the bar is low? Yeah. So you're saying it would, there would be a higher expectation if you were on than if your mom was yeah. on. Well, you're going to be on soon. Lincoln is going to be doing a segment on the show. It's called Playground Politics. And uh, he's going to give us, like, the tales from the school, sort of like he does on this show. Uh, but this week, uh, it is a we're doing a relationship-oriented uh, discussion uh, around Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And uh, your mom knows a thing or two about bad relationships. Yeah. Does she ever? I'm kidding. How you doing, man? I haven't talked to you all week. Good, how are you? Nice of you to cut class and join the radio show. Uh, I think the big story in Lincoln land uh, involves the NFL, does it not? Yeah. All right, so let's talk to the American people. I've brought this up all week because, you know, a Emily is a rowdy cheerleader. She was over here watching football with us on Saturday. Uh, even Kennedy was on. She didn't make it to the drink-a-thon in, in our living room last Saturday, but she's very passionate about the 49ers. Your cousin Cindy's probably listening somewhere in Florida, huge 49ers fan. Uh, the two matchups, 49ers-Lions, and you've got the Ravens going up, laying three against the Chiefs. That's the early game. We should probably start there. What does the link man think? Does Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey get engaged on the field at the end of the no. game and announce they're That's going to the Super Bowl? That's only if they win the Super Bowl. They're yeah, not you don't get blow it engaged. at the AFC Championship yeah. game, right? Yeah. That would be low rent. I mean, the Ravens are at home, but it's always like the thing where everyone's betting against Mahomes. He always wins. Yeah. So you but think he... I, I don't want a Taylor Swift Super Bowl, so I'd, I'd rather Baltimore. But... <laughs> he got a root for Lamar. Well, yeah. here's the deal. Playoff Lamar was good this year. Yeah. You know, in the past, he might be an MVP and tanks in the playoffs. He had four touchdowns, did he not? He was good. He's almost as good as my quarterbacks against you and Madden. Yeah. You, wouldn't you say? Would yeah. you tell the American people I'm the superior Madden player or no? No. Not even close? No. Not nah, Lincoln's actually on a hunt streak right now. He's feeling good. I think, I think I've think i I've won like five straight. Is that true? Yeah, probably. Right, I got to call up some Asian kid and get a cheat code. <laughs> I got to call somebody I went to high school with who might know a thing or two. Lincoln Fail is in the studio. He's half-heartedly talking me out of Book and Jenny on the Saturday show this weekend, and we're talking about the NFL playoffs. Uh, the line is the Ravens. Ravens are favored by three. Uh, Lamar is at home. Uh, the Ravens have won Super Bowls recently. They won the Harbaugh Bowl. John Harbaugh. It was like 10 years ago, though. Yeah. It's not recent. It was about 2016. Yes, yeah, about it was eight not years. not 2016. Further that was probably that? like, yeah. Was it? Probably. I don't know. I haven't slept since the 90s. I had a baby. It's the worst thing you could ever do, Lincoln. Yeah. You have a kid and a wife. i got to support them. I'm always doing stuff. But the Ravens are a pretty good team. I would say this year, I know you're a Steeler fan. Your Steelers beat them. But the Twice. Ravens, yes, they no, they did give them credit. But the Raider, the Ravens probably were the best team in the NFL, were they not? Probably because when they played the Forty ers the other best team, they blew them out. They so did. Yeah. Did they beat the Cowboys too? I don't think they played the Cowboys. Okay, yeah, well, they Dak doesn't. Have. If Dak can't beat the Packers at home, <laughs> he would have had a chance against the Ravens. Are you surprised they kept uh, the coach and the quarterback on that team? Prescott. I mean, they're paying him so much. No one's going to want to take him for that. Yeah. 
And then McCarthy. McCarthy's not the reason Dak throws three playoff picks. It's not his okay, fault. Okay, so you can't blame the he's coach. He's not. Yeah, he's not playing. Okay, as you as you like to say in Madden, sometimes it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. Yeah, is that what you're telling me? Yeah. All right, Lincoln Failer just insulted all the Elizabeth Warren voters in the audience. Uh second game, 49ers going up against the Lions. Lions. You think so? Brock Purdy did not look good. Like, uh-huh. all of his throws are just dump-off passes, and I think they know that. They just give it to McCaffrey. Yeah, they literally <laughs> just give it to McCaffrey. Give it to McCaffrey. And the Lions, I feel like even though they're going to be in San Francisco, all their fans are going to be there. When was the last time they did something meaningful? Yeah, I mean, they're showing They've up. They've never made a Super Bowl. Ever. So, so it's a yeah. it's a good sentimental story to take the Lions. And uh, Detroit is funny because when Detroit wins titles, they light the city on fire. Mm-hmm. Like when the Pistons won their last two NBA titles, everything goes up well, in flames. The Pistons are partnered with Wingstop, and it's uh, Detroit eats free when the Pistons win. They get like five free boneless wings or whatever. Uh-huh. But they went like two months without winning. Oh, God. <laughs> Wingstop yeah. actually but imagine a you're a homeless person banking, like, banking on... Uh, them to win. Are you saying the Pistons are starving the homeless yeah. by not winning an NBA game? Yeah, they're they're like, I think they won a couple since, but they were like two and like twenty eight or something weird like that. Is this your way of telling me to depend on the Pistons so I finally get in shape and lose weight? Yeah, like, Daddy, what you need for that's why you got me the Pistons jersey for Christmas. A Ben Wallace jersey. He's not even in the league. Uh, we're talking to Lincoln Fallon. All right, I think the big thing on everybody's mind, okay, is you made your name on this show because when you were like three years old, you used to come on and you had a potty mouth and you liked to talk politics. Um, the New Hampshire primaries have come and gone. Trump is firmly in the lead over Nikki Haley. Let's start there. Should Nikki Haley, who's a supporter of, you know, she's been on the show. Um, she's, I, get on, I get on with her fine. I like her staff a lot. But should she just get out of Big Don's way? No, because you need more headlines from Big Don. You think so? Yeah, the more headlines you create, the more he's in people's heads. So you think Big Don needs to well, fight Scrap no a one else more. is close besides yeah. her? No, and if she, she just if she went away, yeah, yeah, you're just like, it's just like they're however just, many months till he gets nominated. They're just calling him Hitler for six months. Yeah. At least they have her to call like Hitler's <laughs> friend or something. And then he just makes fun of people. And he just makes fun of people at rallies, and then people will. Yeah, well, he went, he went in on her the other night. He's like, yeah, we're, her outfit, and it wasn't a very good one. <laughs> you know, the one thing about Trump that I don't think anyone can match is the entertainment factor. Yeah. Right? Because, like, Biden. He's got everything. He's yeah. got the weird hair. He's got the, <laughs> the, the golf courses, the mansions, the money, like the supermodel wife. Yeah, the yeah, the president Biden's just slow and old. He's Biden's, like he's like anyone's grandpa over the age of eighty. He's, <laughs> well, he's anyone's grandpa over the age of eighty if they're bad at riding a bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> this guy falls. They have him taking the wrong the, the baby steps Shaking on Air hands Force with invisible people. He is, might be schizophrenic. Seriously, isn't that if you had a friend? Okay, and I always tell you you can't. Can't do drugs. You can't do drugs in this day and age. It's sad, but if you're a parent and you're fentanyl. listening, yeah, fentanyl just kill. Do I not talk to you about that all the time? Yeah. So, the sad part is like if you had a friend, if you were a pothead, anyone listening would know this. Joe Biden behaves like someone you should never buy weed off of. Okay, mm-hmm. if you had a friend who was shaking hands with invisible people, talking to dead people, you just must talking to his voters. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> 
That's who the dead people are. Well, you just you must assume your friend is smoking weed. That wouldn't be very good for you if they're doing that. Oh, I have a real question. Do you uh, think Dave from Alvin and the Chipmunks has schizophrenia? Do you what? think there's actually three talking chipmunks talking to him and messing with his life? <laughs> I think what makes sense when you think about the chipmunks, right? Is all of those cartoons like Garfield? No, but three talking chipmunks. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you know, let's... Uh... Garfield eats lasagna and lays down all day. The chipmunks have a big influence in his life, but, and then wait, according wait. to him in other people's lives. <laughs> all right, so this is an interesting point, okay? Is when you think of John, who's the adult in Garfield, Odie the dog doesn't talk. Just Garfield does. Yeah. So he's only like half schizo. Because he's just mm-hmm. talking cat. You're saying the fact that there's three chipmunks actually mm-hmm. makes it potentially And they worse. all wear, like Alvin wears a shirt with the letter A on it. <laughs> I don't walk around with an L on my shirt because it starts, my name starts with an L. <laughs> Lincoln Fell is here. I feel like we smoked a joint. Uh, this is getting deep. You know what I think happened in that period of the 60s and 70s? And it's funny. Most children's programming comes off like whoever green lit it was tripping on acid. Now, the reason it seems that way to normal people is because the things kids gravitate towards are big and silly. Like, mm-hmm. think of the Teletubbies. They're just yeah. like pillowcases. They're like fat pillowcases that talk. Or yeah. Pepper Pig. Pepper like, pig. I got it, guys. A pig, but a British accent. <laughs> Daddy Pig, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And But to little kids, it somehow makes sense. And uh, I think that's how something like Garfield catches on or the Muppets or something like that. Is it's supposed to be a little weird. But I'm really transfixed by this Dave and the Three Chipmunks thing. Uh, probably schizophrenic. Yeah. Are you saying he's a Biden voter? Yeah. Do you think there's any world where Biden steps down for Kamala? Not for Kamala, but no. for Newsom. You think Newsom's TV good? Isn't he TV yeah. pretty? I don't think people get this on the Trump side. I've been saying this all week. Newsom is a terrible governor, but in the age of Instagram, I think he's the, for Big Don. I think he's the problem. Well, you know the movie American Psycho, Christian Bale. Yeah, everyone likes him in it because they think he looks good. But in the movie, he brings women back to his apartment and kills them. I don't know. You got to hear his side of the story. You don't know these women. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lincoln's here. We're being silly. But you're right. Newsom has an American psycho vibe. Mm, Yeah. And he's handsome. A lot of hair gel. Does anybody in your school wear that much hair gel? Like even the Italian kids? I don't even think people wear hair gel because it gets all clumpy and like. I know. I think he's using like 80s hair gel, like LA looks. I used to use that when I was younger, when I had like bleach blonde hair. I know. I saw that picture of you and your football jersey. (laughs) Funny. Well, I think what's going to happen now is we're a month out till the next primary. Nikki Haley has a lot of money. You know, presidential elections are like strip clubs. Okay, <laughs> the truth is, if you have money, you can stick around. You don't have any money, you're like, you know, eventually the women are like, hey, get out of here. Okay, as of now, she's got plenty of dollar bills. She's got plenty of 20. She's not going anywhere. But your prediction is Big Don gets the nomination? Big Don's getting the nomination. Now, does Big Don get back into the Oval Office? Or do you think the Democrats are going to find a way to screw up? I think Big, Big Don coming back is such a good story, there's no reason not to. <laughs> it's like, this is the thing. He's right. the definition of America, though. He's like, barbecue, guns, <laughs> everything. He's, he golfs. Yeah, he's McDonald's. He does eat McDonald's. Donald, McDonald. McDonald's is like the biggest thing. They're really blowing a sponsorship yeah. here. Yeah. You get rid of Ronald McDonald. Well, he used to be. He, Donald a, McDonald. Yeah, he used to be in uh, McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's puts out Hamburglar Crocs. They have like Grimace Crocs, the Hamburglar, yep. Ronald McDonald Crocs, and they're expensive, <laughs> and people buy them. 
Oh, Lincoln Failer. You're not wrong. I think Big Don, I do think it's such a good story. Like, if we were just looking at this from uh, what's the most interesting thing that could happen. That. Him getting, yeah, by far, because him getting back in would be hilarious. No one cares about another boring senator. Yeah, they don't want that. You, you do. Need, it's you the, need a character. And the Bi- it's true. The Biden thing is sad. Like, Biden's making up words. Biden, Biden like, you, I, I feel like I've heard, like, maybe five things about him the whole time he's been president. You know what he cares. And it's usually bad. They're usually bad yeah. things. Like, I went the wrong way today, you know? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think Big Don, I think, is uniquely positioned. He would be the second president. Grover Cleveland. Oh, you're goodling, man. I know. You, you were talking about that as soon as he lost. He's like, he's got to run again. He's going to pull a Grover Cleveland. He's coming back. Well, you still haven't admitted he lost, have you? Have you made peace with this? I mean, but, like, the dead people did vote, like, 300,000 <laughs> Democratic votes in the All middle right. of the night. All right. I'm going to get you out of here before you start to stop the steel chant. Uh, he still hasn't been caught for his role on January 6th, Lincoln Fela. Uh Happy football watching this weekend. Show's over. Pay up. Get out. Uh, watch me on Waters World tonight in the 8 o'clock hour. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fail. You're the worst. Get him out of here. Get him out. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.